people, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It's May 10th, 2022. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. And look, before I do anything today, I have to just issue a warning. There's gonna be a lot of videotaped footage of the woman that you just saw there on the program today. Okay, that's Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, and now insurrectionist. We'll get to that in just a moment. We're gonna be showing you videotape of her. We're gonna be showing you multiple pictures of her. It ain't pretty. Let's just get it out right up top, okay? I can't sugarcoat this. There's nothing we can do. We don't have enough grease for the lens. There's nothing we could do with Photoshop. Connor spent seven years at the Photoshop University in greater, where? Seattle. And uh, there was nothing he could do to make this thing any prettier, okay? It's a lot about Lori Lightfoot today, and I just have to warn you, because we had to watch it, and now you have to watch it too. It is a nightmare. Uh, But this woman is completely bananas, and my goal today is to destroy her career, because it should be destroyed, and she should not be holding public office, because she's an insurrectionist, far more of an insurrectionist uh, than Donald Trump. So we're going to get to uh, Lori Lightfoot in a moment, but the theme of today's show is that the hysteria that the left wants, that the media wants, that the Democrats want, et cetera, et cetera, is being ramped up to crazy levels. And that's all they got. But the silver lining, because you know I'm always going for the silver lining, is I think this is a little bit too early. I think they have shot their proverbial load a little too early, people. And uh, they're going to regret this because I don't think it's working. And I think they're just showing us exactly what they are. And uh, for those of us that are sane, for those of us who remain on the sane side of the spectrum, uh, we just have to make sure that they can't control every waking aspect of your decent, humble uh, life. Reminder, guys, on Wednesday, I head back out on tour. It's already sold out in Brea. We got the image there. It's fully sold out. It was sold out a couple days ago. They somehow jammed in 70 more seats. Those sold out real quick. That's with Dennis Prager. There's about 10 seats left in Oxnard with Larry Elder. And then there's about a dozen seats left in the other shows. San Jose with Douglas Murray. Phoenix, uh, Arizona with Charlie Kirk and the next senator from uh, the great state of Arizona. Blake Masters, Denver, Colorado with Brian Callen. And then the big one uh, is June 2nd in Orlando, home of Disney itself. I will be there uh, with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. You can get uh, whatever tickets remain at DaveRubin.com slash events. And we got a big show for you real quick though. I want to talk to you about real estate agents I trust. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do. Trust me, as a guy who just moved, and it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment and that's a lot of responsibility and you need an agent who can take that seriously. That's why I recommend real estate agents I trust. Founded by my buddy, Glenn Beck. He started this company himself. They work with the best agents in every market. They do their homework, talking to every agent before inviting them to join their network. And here's a big one. They only work with full-time pros, no part-time or inexperienced agents. Their team makes the intro and then follows you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. They're partnered with The Blaze and the agents they work with have a long track record and are the best sellers in their field. They're part of this audience. They share your values and they're almost anywhere you want to go particularly the Sunshine State people. The process is simple. Go to Real Estate Agents I Trust and enter some basic info. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Their team will contact you to make an intro to their preferred agent in your town. And that's it. Then you sell your house and you live freely. And now, back to me. Okay, so here we go. And again, I am just warning you, there is gonna be video and pictures of Lori Lightfoot, okay? It's just how it is. The woman's making news 
and uh, we have to cover this. And I know it's not pleasant, and I know it's early in the morning for some of you guys, and nobody wants to start their day like this, but here we are. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just what we're doing. So here is a tweet from last night. This is the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. And there you can see it. To my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. And then she followed up. We will not surrender our rights without a fight, a fight to victory. Okay, Lightfoot. Now, first off, we've covered this woman before. She has completely destroyed Chicago. I actually want to thank Lori Lightfoot because when we did our show in Chicago two weeks ago, it was a matinee show. And uh, I, was, I actually didn't know that it was a matinee show. We landed in Chicago at about one o'clock. I said to my guy, hey, I'll see you later tonight. I thought the show was about eight o'clock. He's like, what are you talking about? We got the show in about an hour and a half. Matinee show. We get there and uh, the crowd was absolutely incredible. And basically I made Lori Lightfoot jokes for two hours. It was two hours of Lori Lightfoot jokes. So I want to credit Lori Lightfoot because you are the brunt of an ongoing joke. We actually, I had the entire crowd chant Beetlejuice three times just to see if she would appear on stage. And she actually did. There was smoke coming out of the stage and then she appeared. She was like, I love guns. That was it. Okay. So uh, look, she's destroyed Chicago. The, the gun violence, the, the murder rates are insane. We'll get to some of that. Um, and she's, she's just an awful human being who crushed it under lockdowns and everything else. Um, and now it's not just that she basically, let's throw the tweet up one more time because I wanna get the language here really right. Uh, she said, this moment has to be a call for arms. Let's just put aside to my friends in the LGBTQ plus community for a second. I don't even know what that means anymore. They jam these letters together. It just is completely meaningless. It's not a community. Uh, your sexuality has nothing to do with the community. Hope if you, if you still in 2022 think your sexuality or your gender identity is the most interesting thing about you, you're boring as shit, basically. Um, but putting aside that part, this call to arms, call to arms, how can we uh, analyze a call to arms in any other way than what she literally is saying? A call to arms, get your weapons and do something. That is far more of a call for an insurrection than anything that Donald Trump did on January 6th when he was saying, let's peacefully protest, which is exactly what he said. That got him booted from Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and uh, Spotify, and everywhere else. So let's not forget, and there are still people in jail because of what happened on January 6th. A call to arms because of this. Well, it's not just that she's calling for violence. I, I, I mean, that's, that is as short of saying, go murder the people. What else is a call to arms? I mean, I just don't know what else it is. How else can we analyze this? And she's purposely doing it because she has Democrat privilege, right? There's only one privilege in America in 2022. There's no white privilege or straight privilege. There's Democrat privilege, which means you can question election results, Stacey Abrams. You can call for violence, Lori Lightfoot. Uh, you can lie about everything, Joe Biden. And the media just lets you get away with it. That is Democrat privilege. That's the one big privilege. Well. She not only is calling for uh, an insurrection and calling for violence, but she also wants to make sure that Chicago will be an oasis for abortions. Uh, we've got some info here from Fox News. Democratic Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, there she is in all her glory, is vowing that her city will be a, quote, oasis for abortions if Roe v. Wade is overturned. On Monday, Lightfoot announced a justice for all pledge, dedicating $500,000 
towards access to abortion care in her city, including transportation and lodging for women coming in and out of the state, declaring Chicago an island of reproductive freedom and a safe haven in the Midwest. Not so safe for babies, but okay. If you look around Chicago, we've got a number of states that have the so-called trigger laws that would ban abortion upon the reversal of Roe. So we've seen a substantial increase already, Lightfoot said. And we're expecting, frankly, an explosion of new cases from women in Wisconsin, Missouri, potentially Michigan and Indiana. I think the list is long and Chicago is going to be an oasis in the Midwest and we've got to be ready. So this is very exciting and it's consistent with Lori Lightfoot. She has a lot of her own people being killed by gun violence every weekend. How many people got killed by gun violence in Chicago this weekend? Can we get the numbers, please? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the full numbers in a second. I want this weekend. Can we get this weekend? Can we pull that up? Uh, so she's got a lot of people in her Chicago being killed by gun violence, and now she wants to bring in more people to kill more babies. So that's uh, very exciting. But this is consistent with this psychopath. Uh, let's not forget what a tyrant she was exposed to be during COVID. Now, I've directed Superintendent Brown to order all police districts to give special attention to these parties. And this is how it's going to be. We will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. That is a vile, tyrannical human being who should be in charge of nobody and seemingly is not very in charge of herself. Uh, by the way, 48 people were shot in Chicago this weekend. Six of them are dead. You're not going to hear Lori Lightfoot talking about that, and you're not going to hear about that on MSNBC or in the Washington Post or the New York Times because it doesn't fit the narrative because you can figure out the race of the people doing the shooting and getting shot, and that doesn't help the race war that they're trying to start all the time. Uh, but Lori Lightfoot, again, she's just a terrible person. So in her city, people get murdered all the time. Now she's saying you can come here and we'll pay for your abortions. Now, by the way, on the we'll pay for your abortions thing, I don't like the idea that the state paying for other people's abortions. But if Chicago wants, if the people of Illinois and in the city of Chicago want legalized abortion, I believe in states' rights. And if they want to fund people coming there, I'd prefer that be done by private people because I don't think the state needs to be funding it. But okay, all right, they, these people elected her and they're given, she's given them what they want. A lot of murder of living people and of fetuses. Pretty spectacular. But there was Lori Lightfoot locking people down, threatening to arrest people. And you're not going to believe what happened just days after that video when she was going to arrest you if you go outside. Well, she got caught at a salon. I'm out in the public eye. And, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a person who I take my personal hygiene very seriously. As I said, I felt like I needed to um, have a haircut. I'm not able to do that myself, and so I got a haircut. That is literally the funniest thing I've ever shown you. There is nothing that I can add to that that will add humor or irony. Irony is dead. This is a woman who cares a lot about her personal hygiene. This is a woman who needed a haircut. I think we have some images of her. I don't mean to be a dick about this, but this woman who was threatening just days before to arrest people for going outside, this is the woman who she cares about her personal hygiene. She needs a haircut. Yeah, this is, I mean, she's, she's got the Pantene in there and there was she with the conditioner and the whole thing. I mean, Jesus Christ, this woman's stylist should be in jail. But do, the, the, you get it. These people, they're such awful human beings. They are just absolutely awful human beings. But she gets worse if you think that the, all the people being shot in Chicago and then we're going to murder all the babies and then we're going to lock you down, but I'm going to get a haircut because I care about my personal hygiene. You don't, you Chicago and slob. 
but I do. I'm Lori Lightfoot. Uh, here, she, uh, you may remember this, we covered this a while back. She's also racist. Today is Chicago Mayor Lightfoot's two-year anniversary in office. To mark that occasion, Lightfoot announced she would only grant one-on-one -on -one interviews to black and brown journalists. WGN political reporter Tamon Bradley sat down with her to learn more about that decision. Your office says that you invited black and brown journalists to, to this round of interview. Uh, why? I, I'm happy to vouch for Craig Wall, for Heather Sharon, and others. Well, look, I, I think in this one day, when we are uh, looking at uh, the two-year anniversary of my inauguration, as a woman of color, um, as a, a lesbian, it's important to me that diversity is put front and center. Mayor Lori Lightfoot defending her most unusual decision to only invite black and brown journalists to her office for one-on-one -on -one interviews. Yeah, I'm supposed to be racist. That's why they brought me in. Gross! He's gross. Um, but she loves murder, and her city is just a cesspool of murder. I think we have our murder in Chicago music for what I'm about to do. Chicago, Chicago, All right, we put that together. Thank you, Connor. You're getting guacamole today. Uh, we've got some info here from NBC5 on what's going on in Chicago on the murder side of things, although she's not too worried about it. The year of 2021 ended as one of the most violent on record in Chicago, as a rise in the number of shootings left more people dead than in any single year in a quarter century, according to statistics released by the police department on Saturday. According to the department, 2021 ended with 797 homicides. That was 25 more than were recorded in 2020. 299 more than 2019, and the most since 1996. And there were 3,561 shooting incidents in, 2000, in 2021, which is just over 300 more than they were recorded in 2020, and a staggering 1,415 more shooting incidents than were recorded in the city of 2000, uh, in 2019. So the woman just doesn't do anything right. She is a racist. Her, the people on her streets are being killed. Uh, she wants to lock people down, but she really, really is into person. Can I get the picture one more time? And the, the woman cares about, if we know anything about this woman, she cares about personal hygiene. This is a woman who must, she's in the public eye and must have her hair conditioned and their teeth brushed and the face cream. She's got to have it, people. It does not matter. <laughs> I'm going to puke while I'm doing this. <laughs> All right. So uh, all these people are being shot, um, but uh, when they try to call her out on it, she's got excuses. Do you really believe that the criticism of you is 99.9% .9 based on the fact that you're a black woman? So you said about 15 things, most of which were wrong. So let's, 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 de decom let's deconstruct some of that. We didn't have race riots last summer. That's, no. No, I, I, no, I, no, 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 you're wrong, sir, you're wrong. Yes, 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 yes. There were race riots. They were all over America in all of the blue cities, whether they were Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, San Francisco, or Chicago, and they were race riots and buildings were burned down, often owned by minorities. Uh, in the name of tolerance. And by the way, what happened, guys? I, I've been a little out of the loop last couple of days, been very busy. Uh, whatever happened with BLM? They kind of disappeared, didn't they? Did they ever do anything for the black community? Whatever happened to those good people? 
Makes you wonder. Uh, one more time, let's just go back to where we started with this thing. This was her tweet last night. This is a sitting mayor of one of the biggest cities in the United States to my friends in the LGBTQ plus. Just on the LGBTQ thing. Okay, so you got the lesbians. Okay, and she's a lesbian. You got the gays. All right, and I got a guy downstairs who's gay, fine. Uh, you got the bisexuals, which you never, you ever go to a gay pride parade? Come back to me for a second. If you ever go to a gay pride parade, you see these bisexuals, you know, they got the, the parade, which I'm not big into parades in general, but there's always like seven bisexuals and they look very confused, sort of depressed. They're not so thrilled. Anyway, then what else do we got? We got the T's and the T is the big one. Now everybody's trans. If you have a penis and you don't think you're a woman, you're not cool right now. And then uh, what else? We got the Q, which I don't even know what that means. I thought that was Q, that was bad, right? Wasn't that didn't mean you were a Trump supporter and you were watching Alex Jones. And then the plus, nobody knows. But the point is the woman is calling for an insurrection and she will get away with it. She will not be called by Nancy Pelosi. Joe Biden will not summon her to the White House to say you're not allowed to call for violence. There will be nothing that happens to her. The only thing that can happen to her is she must be voted out. Bad woman. I don't like Lori Lightfoot. Uh, but generally what's happening in the country right now is that as this Roe v. Wade briefing has leaked, you're going to see more and more excuses on the left for violence. They will either wink at it or they will outright endorse it. Uh, that's how they're gonna do it. And this, when I say they, I mean the elected officials and their spokespeople, so whether it's Joe Biden, and then Jen Psaki, or whether it's their cohorts in the mainstream media. Uh, so here we've got, uh, we showed you this yesterday, but this is just a quick video of some far left extremists who threw a Molotov cocktail into a pro-life organization's building in Wisconsin. So let's take a look at that. You know, throwing Molotov cocktails in the name of peace and tolerance and diversity and all that good stuff. And then, of course, over the weekend, uh, we saw activists show up at churches throughout the country. Uh, we thought this one was interesting because this one actually is in Los Angeles and Phoenix, my uh, AP here, he was actually baptized in this very church in Los Angeles. And you can see abortion activists who showed up to disturb the Catholic mass. Strange they never try it in mosques. Isn't that weird? Um, now there's of course a gajillion levels of irony there and ridiculousness. First off, they're doing this in California. California is going to be the abortion capital of the world. Gavin Newsom will gladly rip the babies out himself and spew their blood all over his face. 
just like, was that too much, too much imagery? That was a bit much. Oh no, you like that one. Okay. I thought Michael was giving me one of these. That's usually Dave, you've gone too far, but you were actually giving me one of these. Um, so the fact that they're doing this in California is ridiculous. That's number one. Number two, religious institutions are allowed to have their own beliefs on things. The Catholic church or a Jewish temple or a Muslim mosque, et cetera, et cetera, are allowed to have their own religious beliefs when it comes to marriage, abortion, or a whole series of other issues. You do not have a right to come in and burst into their services and use your free speech to impinge on their free speech. That is, that is the negotiation we have with speech, right? Uh, and it's strange because you never see the uh, pro-lifers just bursting into abortion clinics uh, you know, it's happened over the years, right? Years ago, there would every now and again be a crazy person who would do something to an abortion doctor or clinic. And of course it should be condemned fully, absolutely condemned fully. But the point is that you're not gonna see anybody on the left condemn any of this. And then we just got three uh, images of just some of the stuff that are being written on churches and on schools and buildings. If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. Uh, well, tolerance, that's nice. My body, my choice, that's with the Satan symbol. What's Satan been up to lately? I feel like he's been very busy uh, and apparently doing graffiti. And then my body, my choice. And that's of course on uh, Sacred Heart of Mary Church right there. And what's interesting about the my body, my choice people, of course, are these are the exact same people, almost without exception, who were demanding that you get injected, right? They didn't care about your body, right? They wanted me to get injected with something that I chose not to get injected with. And I'm very proud that I stood up against the machine and did not get injected with it. And I meet all sorts of people who stood up and did not get injected, but they really wanted control over our bodies. They were demand, no one's demanding anyone get an abortion, but they were demanding that we get injected with something to either keep our job or be a respected member of society. So these are obviously hypocrites, usually buffoons and morons, and not very good people who have a, any understanding of what a exchange would be like in a free society. Uh, but the issue also is that the left and the media are all framing this in one way. They are framing this because they're intentionally confusing a bunch of really, um, not bright, unfortunately, because our education system is not very good, uh, a bunch of not bright people about what's going on here. I said it the first day that this thing happened, that I bet you that something like 30% of America, and now I would say it's probably even closer to 50%, think that Roe v. Wade being reversed makes abortion illegal. It does not, as you know, 30 states are gonna still have abortion, and, I, and it might be even 40 states will have some version of abortion. We're gonna have some, something like Florida, 15 weeks, which is a moderate, that is a freaking moderate, moderate position, whether you like it or not, that is called a compromise, right? You're not giving the pro-lifers everything they want, you're not giving the pro-choice people everything they want. And that's what's happening right here in the radical right-wing state of Florida. Uh, but they are framing everything as everything must be done by the federal government because at the end of the day, leftists do not like choice. They pretend, they call themselves pro-choice, but they don't like choice. They like a decision to be made by the machine above you, and in this case, the government, and then that decision should dictate how you live. Ironically, the choice part, if there is, if there is someone that is for choice here, choice would be pushing it all back to the states. And ironically, Beto O'Rourke, who is a furry who ran for, uh, when I ran for senator in Texas a couple of years ago, and Ted Cruz just beat him, thank God. Uh, but now he's running for governor of Texas. Um, he accidentally 
made the very argument that I'm saying right now. Uh, he's telling people in speeches that Americans should decide, you should decide, but he doesn't even realize the argument he's making. Listen to this. Definitely not a believer in any kind of religion or God. Uh, so my question actually goes to the First Amendment. How are you going to keep church and state separated? Because as we clearly know, there's a direct tie between abortion bans and church. Thank you so much for being here and for asking that great question. Um, it's got to be the people, right? It's got to be the people who decide the outcomes of these issues. It's got to be the people. It's got to be the people. But that's not what he thinks he's saying. He's right. It's got to be the people. We are a government for and of the people, right? That's what we are. So if you are leaving it to the people, Beto O'Rourke, then you would say the people of Texas can make a certain decision. By the way, the people of Texas have made a certain decision. It's six weeks. Now that seems too extreme for me, but I am not a Texan. And if I lived in Texas and, I, and that was the number one driver of my life was abortion rights, I would leave Texas. And I'm not just saying that. I am someone who left California because I did not want to live in the dystopian lunacy of California, right? That is the beautiful thing. You have the foot vote. You have the ability to pick up and go. You, Everyone really better understand this. Like, this is such an amazing thing that we have in the United States that most countries do not have, where we have vastly different laws. We have the machinery capable of allowing for choice, but the choice is up to the states. We are the United States. We may not be that united anymore, and maybe that's okay. But Beto O'Rourke is saying, leave it up to the people, except he, that's not really what he thinks He's saying, he thinks he's saying, leave it up to the people, meaning uh, the Supreme Court just decided that everyone should have abortions. Uh, and most of the left thinks this. I think most of them think that this is an outright ban. And why do they think it? Well, you've got people like White House spokeswoman outgoing. I can now call her outgoing White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki. And she's telling us, you know, the, the abortion ban could be coming nationwide. Thank you. Uh, on abortion, Republican leader Mitch McConnell has said that a national ban on abortion could be possible, depending on the votes. Without court intervention, just how at risk does the administration believe the U.S. is to completely outlaw abortion? I think we're at serious risk. No, but we're not. This has nothing to do with banning abortion. It just kicks it back to the states where it always was before 1973. And again, I say this as someone who's begrudgingly pro-choice. You've got to have principles even when it's hard to have principles, but they want fear. They want you to think that now they're going to come for everyone's abortions. But again, Gavin Newsom is going to have an abortion park in California, and that is where they will abort all the babies, and then Nancy Pelosi will drink all the blood and all of that stuff. I realize that I've mentioned California a few times here, and I have to put some money in the jar. So there you go. We will either get someone out of California, that was the original intent of this jar, or I will put all the money towards getting rid of a Democrat from Florida. That seems like a better use of money, but we'll see what happens. Um, the Democrats seemingly, though, they want total control over everything. That's really what this is all about. We, we can... We can sort of frame these arguments in this is about abortion, but really what this is about is do you want one government to tell us all how to live or not? And the thing is, the reason they want us focusing on this, and I think the reason the leak came out, and by the way, why aren't we talking about the leaker? Notice nobody's looking into it. 
what, what, who is this leaker? How did this happen? Was it a hack? Was it one of the justices that leaked it? Was it one of their clerks? We need to know. Like if there's any hope that we can trust our institutions and the very processes that, that exist so that we can have a functional democracy, we better find out who it is, but nobody's even looking into it because the left's getting everything they want, right? So the media is not gonna look into it because it'll make them look bad. It'll, meaning it'll make the, the Democrats look bad, obviously. Um, but all of this goes to what I said a couple days ago, which is right now, we had a couple big wins, right? We had a big win related to Elon getting Twitter. That's good. We had a big win related to uh, Justice Mazel knocking down the mask mandate on planes. We had big wins related to DeSantis fighting the CRT stuff here in Florida. There was a bunch of big wins. And not only were there big wins, but then there were all these signs that the Democrats are just screwing up everything with supply chain and inflation. Okay, fine, you guys all get it. But now our eye is off the ball and I'm gonna do my best to make sure our eye does not stay off the ball. They want us in a constant shell game, never figuring out what is real and always not thinking about the right thing. So let's go back and, and talk about some of the things that are not working that they don't have us talking about right now. Well, how about inflation? Saki doesn't think any of us knew that this was gonna happen. We know if we look at the recent inflation data, a large, depending on which data you look at, two-thirds to even 70% of inflation data is, is a result of energy prices. A, a large part of that is the result, and, and, and Chairman Powell has spoken to this, and Secretary, um, Secretary Yellen has also spoken to this, as a result of President Putin's invasion of Ukraine and the impact on the global energy markets. Those are all steps and impacts that I don't think anyone could have predicted a year ago. Nonsense. Everyone could have predicted it, number one. Number two, it's also a lie. Like, everyone could have pre predicted inflation, obviously, but it's a lie that this is all because of Putin. First off, if Putin can just decide when we have inflation or when we don't have inflation, or if any foreign leader can decide that, then our, then our entire foreign policy is upside down. Now, now, that may be, except we know that this isn't because of Putin, right? First off, prices were going up. We've covered this many times. Gas prices were already up over a dollar uh, before the, the invasion of Ukraine. And... Do you think if you endlessly print money, do you think if you just, let's say you have a certain amount of money and then you have a machine over there and the machine just starts printing all of this money and you start giving it to everybody. Do you think that the amount that you had first might start dropping? Well, that's what they've been doing. They endlessly print money. But don't worry guys, Joe Biden's here to save us. He's very concerned. My top priority is fighting inflation and lowering prices for families and the things they need. Today's announcement is going to give millions of families a little more, a little more breathing room to help them pay their bills. You know, we work with Democrats and Republicans and business and nonprofits to make this happen. And we're going to keep working to fight inflation and lower costs of, to all American families for a lot of other things as well. He's going to keep working. I mean, this is the same guy, let's not forget, who July 4th of last year saved you 16% to remember, uh, not 16%, that would be pretty good, saved you 16 cents, 16 cents on your July 4th barbecue. And they even put up an image from the official POTUS account. Remember that one? 16 cents. Hey, uh, Biden, I know you're not in charge and you're just pretending, but if you really wanted people to have more money in their pocket, how about tax cuts for everybody? How about a 25% tax cut across the board right now? but you won't do that, will you? How about we just take less money from you people in the first place? Not gonna do that, because that's not what this is really about. You can't pull the wool over my eyes, man. Uh, but now on a, on a less joking side, there are huge problems that are developing because of this, because we can talk about, oh, that you can't get a car right now and you can't get 
you know, a chair from Crate and Barrel or whatever else. Now we have a nationwide baby formula shortage. This is real stuff. Empty shelves. This is really scary and worried parents. A couple stores we've been in we have not had it and we've had to go to the next location. They are looking for baby formula and not finding it, at least not easily. I'm myself am down to one can of formula. At the end of April, nearly 40% of popular baby formulas were sold out across the U.S. That's up from 31% two weeks before. The shortage is getting worse. This is a pain in the butt to find. Baby formula, like many things, has been affected by supply chain issues. Okay, so this is serious stuff. I can tell you as someone, we're about to have two babies and we've been ordering baby food already. We've been ordering formula already. Um, our first baby's not due till August, second one's not till October. And that just puts more strain because more people are looking for this stuff. But this is not because of Putin. This is because of the ridiculous buffoons who are in charge of our government. You cannot excuse all of this stuff. But they excuse it, they always figure out an excuse because they lie, meaning the administration lies, and then they get the ridiculous people of places like MSNBC to confuse us about what's going on as well. I, I still think one of the fundamental things that happened here in COVID is that Americans normally spend most of their money on services and because of COVID, they haven't been able to spend money on services. Right. And they went out and the demand for TVs and Pelotons and exercise equipment and houses and a whole bunch of physical goods broke the supply chain because it's never been higher. It's not their fault, people. It's you freaks for getting your Pelotons and your TVs. You just wanted too much stuff. We've never had a problem with that in the United States before. Capitalism has always basically provided for everybody. And the whole thing about America was, oh, but everyone has too much stuff. And, you know, there's too many TVs and too many VCRs. But now it's not that they've destroyed the entire thing by closing businesses and raising taxes and forcing people out of work and all of those things. It's that you schmucks, you just want too many TVs. God, these people are terrible. And speaking of terrible people, uh, Elizabeth Warren, who is a crazy socialist from uh, Massachusetts, she went on the, the view. I have to, do we have the? We have the, there we go, content advisory warning, what you're about to see is pure bullshit. Elizabeth Warren went on The View and uh, we showed you this video yesterday uh, of Lindsey Granger. She is a guest host, so I guess she's testing out to see if she can be the conservative on The View because obviously you have to have four liberals and one conservative because that's a, a fair makeup of America. And Lindsey Granger, who's spectacular and I want to get her on the show, she just wrecked Sonny Hostin yesterday when Sonny Hostin basically said, you know, you can't have black Republicans, like it's just, it's just so awful and racist by Sonny Hostin and Joy and the rest of the clowns. But anyway, Elizabeth Warren was on yesterday and uh, talking about student loan debt and Lindsey Granger made a great point. Hey, what about all the people that have worked and busted their butts to pay off their student loans? I mean, you've been fiercely advocating for the president to cancel student loan debts, but really only 13% of Americans even have federal student loan debt. So is this really the best way to reach most voters? And also, what do you say to someone like me who worked two jobs for a decade to pay off all their student loans, just finished, where do I sign up for reimbursement? So let's start <laughs> out with who has student loans today. Um, about 40% of the folks with student loans don't have a college diploma. They're folks who tried. Yeah. They're folks who tried and life happened. 
pregnancies. Uh, uh, they were already working two jobs and lost one of them. Uh, mom got sick. Family had to move somewhere else. And now they earn what a high school grad earns, and they're trying to pay off college-level debt, and it is crushing mm -hmm. their bones. Okay, first off, could someone possibly come off as more inauthentic, right? Like, so inauthentic, the folks, the folks, the folks. She didn't answer the question at all. The question was, hey, what about someone like me who busted my butt, who worked two jobs to pay off my debt? You're going to take care of me? You're going you're gonna to pay me back for all that? And then what, what Elizabeth Warren does there is standard leftist 101. She makes up sort of an imaginary situation about these people and, and she, she's playing to your emotion. Now, we might be able to figure out some ways to help some of those people. I'm actually not completely against some of that. But I would also say that maybe not everyone has to go to four-year universities. Maybe you should go to trade school. Maybe you should learn things outside of the university system and give a little power back to yourself and not go $100,000 into debt to have a four-year degree in lesbian archery to then not have any skills and also been taught that America's evil the entire time and everything else. Uh, so Elizabeth Warren has no answers for anything other than we, the government, want more of your money to pay off other people's problems. And it's just bullshit and nobody, nobody buys it anymore. And that's why she comes off as so, what does Elizabeth Warren always, she always comes off as the, the sort of librarian who is holier than thou and she really cares about everybody more than you. By the way, her kids, even though she's a big proponent of public schools, uh, her kids went to private school. She also pretended to be a Native American to get a job. I mean, these are horrible people. But what do they have? They have their holier-than-thou attitude and these folks, and I really care about these folks, or they have their crazy outrage, which, remember, we had the video the other day. She's very angry about abortion. She wants as many dead babies as possible. The, the, they've become the party of tyrants and big government losers. So the rest of us have to be the party, and I don't mean political party. We should be an actual party with music and drinking and fun and happiness and smiles of free people that agree that humanity is a little bit messy or all we're gonna do is create the conditions so that you might have a chance to live the life that you want to live. And with that note, uh, you may remember the orange man. Well, he's been giving speeches again, and he's not, he's not taking it. It seems pretty obvious to me he's about to jump back in and, uh, and go for it. Like, he's going to get back into the election. That's what everyone's saying, and it certainly sounds like it. And he's calling them out for exactly what they are. Democrats are the party of crime, the party of chaos, and the party of death. They are, whether you hate saying it or like saying it. They're the party of death. Republicans are the party of law, order, and life. And you know what else the Republicans are? They're the party of the American dream. They really are. They're the party of the American dream, which is being taken away from you. If you want to make our country safer for violent criminals, vote for the radical Democrats. If you want to make it's safer for your family, your children, and for law-abiding Americans. You must vote for Republicans. You must. You know, it's interesting. He's sort of taken a nod from something that I say all the time there, which is that you don't have to be a Republican, but you can't be a Democrat. That's kind of what he's saying there at the end. You have to vote for Republicans right now. It just is. That's sort of a depressing situation because it's not like Republicans are so great. It's not like I've got a picture of Mitch McConnell above my bed. It's not that Mitt Romney, I don't have a picture of Mitch McConnell over my bed, do I? Unless you guys are punking me. It's not that uh, Mitt Romney is so great. It's not that Liz Cheney is so great. Some of these people are quite horrible, actually. But they are better than the Democrats. At least there is a basic understanding of what law and order in this country is all about. Uh, we got to 
great cold, cold close for you. So hang tight for that in just a second. Uh, Margo over at rubenreport.locals.com. We have a live chat running during the show. Margo says, are you sure Lori is human, Dave? Unless you know something I don't know, I suppose she is human, but she should not be in charge of Chicago. Like at the, who, who in their right mind? I just can't imagine. Can we find a Lori Lightfoot supporter and get them on the show? Like I'm a Lori, I, I want someone with like a, I'm a proud Lori Lightfoot. So there she is. That, she cares about hygiene, right? Personal hygiene. Sure, there's a pandemic, but I have to get my hair cut. I, do you know what it was like for, look, I really care about my hair, okay? There's a lot of hairspray there. I got a haircut yesterday. Um, for those two, three months where nobody could get a haircut, my hair was flat. I wasn't thrilled with it. The guys had to often give me signals. Michael had a piece of paper sometimes that he would show me while I was live streaming to say, fix the hair, because it was kind of going this way and I was falling over a little bit. But I couldn't break the law. I, well, actually, I did. Okay, next question. I did, I did what I had to do. So I guess I am a little more like Lori Light, but she cares about hygiene. That's a woman, she brushes her teeth seven times a day, okay? Insanity. Amy says, uh, it's not just Chicago. My friend is in far Southeast suburb Mokena uh, and just posted on Twitter how she's sick of not being able to go anywhere, even out to her car because crime is so horrible. You know, I'll tell you something interesting about that. So since I've moved to Florida, uh, we actually go out again. And we go to restaurants and I went to a restaurant last night and Florida, this, I'm in Miami area and wherever I've gone, it's jam packed wherever you go. Every restaurant is jam packed. You got to make reservations. You got to wait. It's great. And people are out and about. So we go out the other night, David's um, mom and, uh, and boyfriend were in town and we go out for dinner and it's, uh, this was on uh, Sunday night actually. And we're out in a really cool part of town and it's late night, like 11 or 1130 or so. And we're just wandering around. We had dinner, we're getting some ice cream and there's people everywhere. And we, we got into the Uber and David said to me, did you notice that there were no shady people out there? Like there were no crazy homeless people. There was no one begging for money. There was no one that you felt like you were gonna get punched or have your bag stolen or have your watch ripped off or anything else. Like there is a culture of goodness here. And that these, the leftists have destroyed these cities and it's not just the obvious things. It's not just the obvious problem with homelessness and the obvious drug problem. It's that then it creates a culture where people, when you're out on the streets, you forget that you can be in a place that's just happy and run right and that the police are making sure everything's in charge and it's, everything's run right and everything else. And it starts with, it's, well, it starts with us, but then it, it goes to voting in the right people. Uh, Casey says, defund the police and depopulate the city. Are you talking about Chicago? Defund the police and depop... Well, maybe depopulate this. I'm not exactly sure what you mean there. Depopulate the city first, I suppose. Get the sane people out of Chicago. Let them have the rest of Chicago. And uh, yeah, and then go from there. Defund the police and depopulate the city. I'm not totally following it. Am I, am I missing something there? We want to fund the police, don't we? Oh, it's an oasis of abortion. I'm still not fully understanding it. Casey, I'm gonna follow up with you at the locals community because every comment is important to me. Uh, guys, reminder, I'm heading back out on the road tomorrow. Uh, I'm in Brea, it's already sold out, but then on, uh, on what day is tomorrow? Tomorrow's Wednesday, so on Thursday, I'm in Oxnard with Larry Elder. Uh, then I'm in San Jose with Douglas Murray, then in Phoenix with Charlie Kirk and Blake Masters, then Denver with Brian Callen, and then June 2nd, back in the free state of Florida with Governor Ron DeSantis. You can get tickets at daverubin.com slash events. And uh, as if you have not had enough of Miss Lori Lightfoot, we've got more of that video that we opened up with. And uh, I feel, 
I owe you an apology in some ways for today's show. I've enjoyed it, and I think there were a lot of good laughs and good times, but we, she just, one more time, let me see the picture of her one more time. This woman, this is hygiene 101, okay? She's allowed to break her COVID laws. She's allowed to go out there and go see her stylist because she needs it. She needs it. That's a woman who, I agree with her. That is a woman who needs a stylist. Goodbye. talk about today. <clears throat> uh, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubenreport.locals.com.